Good morning and happy Wednesday to you all. My name is Sean Tierney from the Automation Blog and School, and this is the Automation Morning Show for Wednesday, September 6th, 2023. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. And um, this is the show, if you didn't know, if you're a first-time watcher, where I cover what's new and happening in industrial automation. And let's go ahead and get started with that. First, I want to thank our sponsor, theautomationschool.com, if you know anybody who needs PLC HMI or SCADA training, please send them over to theautomationschool.com. And with that, let's jump in our first press release today. And this is from Rockwell Automation. And uh, they're announcing an agreement to acquire uh, autom autonomous robotics leader, ClearPath Robotics. So they do a lot with AMRs. And uh, Rockwell in this press release talks about how this area is predicted to grow 30% a year for the next five years. And they go into how, you know, these robots often used to either get parts from the warehouse for production lines or to take parts between production lines. It's such a huge growth area. So very interesting. Um, you may know ClearPath as Auto Robotics, and uh, they have a really cool website here, and um, you can see all the AMRs. And uh, they also have software which coordinates and organizes where the AMRs go and what they do. And uh, just very interesting stuff. And um, congratulations to both uh, Rockwell and Otto or ClearPath on the acquisition. From there, we go over to an article from Beckoff. I thought this was extremely interesting. They call it future-proof plant automation, but really it covers three different things. Ethernet APL, Nomura Open Architecture, which also could be, uh, the acronym is uh, NOAA, NOA and then MTP. And I just thought this article was so interesting. Now, you see the picture here if you're watching, you can see this uh, This is a Beckhoff, uh, what you think of a Beckhoff control system, PLC with the IO, and then you see this blue section here. This is the, um, has this location EX type section, and you see Ethernet APL there. And I know a lot of people think of Ethernet APL as single peer Ethernet, which it is, but it's really designed for the process industry and for hazardous locations. So that's why you see it over here on the EX side of the system. Now that said, this article actually leads to three other articles. One talks about NOAA, one talks about their um, new Ethernet APL communication module, the ELX6233, which is due out uh, beginning of the year, and then a TwinCat MTP. And I thought all, I actually went down the rabbit hole and checked out all three and they were actually all pretty good. So if you want to get up to speed on Ethernet APL and what Beckhoff's doing, um, NOAA, which to me was a new concept, and or, or MTP, which was a great refresher on that, and uh, how TwinCat integrates into that, um, check that out. Really good, uh, good stuff there from Beckhoff today. From there, we go over to an article from Schneider Electric, Best Practices for Industries Seeking to Lower Energy Bills. And I really thought this article was excellent, except for one small thing, which I'll talk to you about in a moment. But in any case, this really goes through, like, look, we all know energy costs have gone way up, right? You can see it when you go to the pump. I filled up yesterday, had a couple of gas cans with me, spent 100 bucks, right? So the car plus a couple of gas cans, that's a lot of money, right? 27 gallons total, I think, right? So in any case, uh, energy costs have gone way up, right? And um, we also know, and we've talked about this on the show before, that the energy costs of a facility is usually 30% or more of their total costs. So if you can save energy, you can be more competitive in the market, 
You can do quality of life things. You can uh, do things for your uh, for your employees. You know those things that typically get cut. You know cut out when margins are tight. And one of our uh, one of our views is just say down in uh, California, five twenty five a gallon. That's expensive, right? So you guys know what I'm talking about. So and thanks for that, by the way. Uh, so in any case. Um, this kind of goes through that and it says, look, and, and this has always been the case. I remember back when I first got started back in 90, we were talking about putting VFDs on pumps and fans and, you know, soft starters and whatnot, all to save energy, right? But it's even more important today. And so this article really does a good job kind of setting that up. And then they jump into like three, there are three prescriptions for cut, cutting energy costs. And uh, let me just go over these quickly. Tap into technology funding, conduct energy audits, and measure and monitor. Now, I agree with all three of these, right? And tapping into technology funding, for me, I'm thinking, all right, great. You know, how many facilities have I been to where they replaced all their old lighting with new lighting for nearly free or a one-year payback through some kind of incentive or program, right? And of course, the lighting's so much better afterwards too, right? You can actually see much better. And things like that, there's been uh, incentives for um, putting VFDs on things that, you know, there's whole ESCOs out there, right? That will help companies save energy and file for rebates and all that stuff. So, you know, there's a lot to do there. What they mentioned though, was using, um, funding to go to renewables. And I think most of us know when you put solar pan panels on your house, you're looking at a typically a 10 to 20 year payback. And that's for production that, that type of payback's typically not acceptable. So in any case, you know, that I'm not saying you don't look at that, but you know, there's more, there's probably lower hanging fruit. And that's where these ESCOs come in. There's so many of them out there. I know just in this area in New England, there's several, and uh, they can help you if you don't have your own people to do that. And a lot of times they don't charge for the service because they get part of the rebate for filing it. But in any case, um, conduct energy audits. This is important. We've covered, there's so many power monitoring products out there. There's condition monitoring products out there. We've talked about all those, uh, you know, in the on the show before. And then measure and monitor, which is, which is uh, kind of the ongoing step after you do an audit, you know, and um, those are all important things. And, you know, saving energy, right? Who wants waste, right? Waste is bad. Pollution is bad. Uh, uh, you know, saving energy is good. So excellent article, except for that one little piece, which I kind of take a little exception to, but I thought it was a great article. From there, we go to Opto 22. And, you know, we talked about how version 3.5 of their firmware turns the Groove Remote I.O. into a CodeSys PLC, which is really cool, right? And uh, this article really dives deeper into that. And so excellent, excellent article. Um, if you want to know all the gory details on how this works and what you can do, really great, especially for you, you Opto 22 users, they're really going to like this. Um, I thought it was very detailed and kind of filled in some of the gaps from the previous article. A um, couple things here to note that, uh, you know, the lowest cost one of these models, the MM1, so this is RIO MM1, you know, it looked, I think I had eight in and a 10 out. I can't see the image, it's too small now, but um, that's $9.95 list price, okay? Then if you want to use CodeSys on it, that's a $100 license, okay? So this is not going to be the least expensive way to get your hands on CodeSys, and I'll talk to you about some options to do that in a moment. Also, if you're just looking for an IEC 61131 PLC, I, I can't recommend the um, S7-1200 starter pack enough. Lifetime license of the software and... You get the PLC, you get a little, uh, uh, you know, input simulator, and uh, it has three of the IEC 61131 languages. And when you learn it, you learn in the S7-1500. Now, don't get me wrong, I do like the Micro 850 starter pack. I, I really, really am a big fan of that, but 
it, the Micro 850 does not program like a control logics, right? So um, with the S7-1200, you're learning the S7-1500 at the same time. With the Micro 850, you're learning the Micro 800 line, a much smaller installed base. So in any case, um, what this article did lead me to is another article I thought was very interesting. It's an older article, older article, but uh, it's switching from Rockwell to CodeSys. And I learned some things in this. Now, this is not a definitive end-all and be-all of switching from Rockwell to CodeSys, not even close. However, um, it was very good, and I learned a couple things. Like, uh, I, I love seeing the POUs here because that's what the Micro 800 uses, and that's what's in the IEC 61131 spec. Um, but in any case, um, I learned a couple things. First of all, uh, UDTs, which we know and love in Studio 5000, are called DUTs in uh, CodeSys. And then if you're used to doing Produce Consumed, that's one of the things I teach in my Control Logics course is Produce and Consumed. Um, we do it over ControlNet and Ethernet. Um, they call it here a network variable list. So um, they have receive and send. So very interesting there. I thought it was a good article. Again, not the end all be all of all Rockwell the Code Sys articles, but uh, still very good. From there, I wanted to talk about, now I actually purchased this. I, I purchased it to try to use it as a Plex server. And what I'm talking about for the audio audience is a Raspberry Pi 4 desktop kit. Now, this is running about 120 bucks right now. And um, it, you really get everything in it, right? So you can't, you can't really see much there, but if we look at the box here, um, you get, um, before that was blowing up, it's not blowing up anymore. So you get the actual, the Raspberry Pi 4, you get a keyboard, you get a mouse, you get the HDMI cable, you get the SD card, you get, um, what else do you get? The power supply, you get a case for the Raspberry Pi, nice case, and the manual's excellent, I have to say. And um, all you need is really a monitor and you're good to go. You have everything you need in this kit. And if you want to learn CodeSys, I believe it's a $60 runtime license, buy once, own forever license. So if you want to learn CodeSys, this may be the way to go. Full disclosure, I did not end up using this for Plex. It just wasn't, couldn't do it. It didn't have the capabilities of doing the rendering for other devices like Roku's. And I have not put CodeSys on mine yet. I want to. I actually bought some, some I.O. for my device here, some really isolated 24-volt DC I.O. And I, I want to get to it, but it's one of those projects I haven't gotten to. In any case, moving on, um, excellent article about single-peer Ethernet from Panduit today. It's entitled Single-Peer Ethernet Data and Power for the Future. And this does work in a lot of PoE, power over Ethernet. Um, but still, even if you're not doing any power over Ethernet, it's an excellent article. And, they, you know, what's the limitation of Ethernet today, right? So whether you're using Profinet or you're using Ethernet IP or Ethercat, I mean, right, a, a, a patch cable is 100 meters, that's it, right? And so you gotta do fiber or multiple, uh, you know, extenders or, uh, you know, multiple switches to get farther, right? And so, and of course, a lot of devices today from all vendors have two ethernet ports. So you can daisy chain, a lot of them support ring, right? As we saw in previous uh, shows and podcasts, I think the last one we saw was from uh, Metla Toledo on the IND360 where it had two ports and it supported all the rings from Profinet to Ethernet IP to Ethercat, which, was, which is awesome, right? So that's another way to handle that issue. But, um, you know, enter uh, single peer Ethernet, right? And you can go up to that 10 meg, right? Which we were doing automation, large automation systems with only 10 megabit, you know, 20 years ago. So 10 megabits fast enough uh, for most applications. Um, you can do a thousand feet over a single peer, right? So very interesting stuff. Um, I thought this was a great article. If you're putting together a list of articles on single peer Ethernet, definitely include this one. It was really good. Um, they also talk about what's available today, what products they have, which I thought was a great way to end it. 
They also talk about sensors. One of the things I wasn't thinking about is a lot of people are deploying sensors like condition monitoring sensors and other type of sensors and they're deploying them for um, for uh, uh, in, in places where they have to be battery backed, right? Well, when all these sensors that they're deploying, hundreds and thousands of sensors they're deploying, um, when those batteries start running out, that's really going to consume, they're saying maybe half a day a week of the uh, maintenance staff just going around replacing batteries. Painful, right? So with uh, power over Ethernet and single peer Ethernet and being able to go a thousand feet, um, you know, that can eliminate some of that pain with, uh, with sensors. I don't know. I don't know if I would ever deploy a sensor with, that's not wired in, but um, that's just me. Uh, from there, we go over to our featured product of the day. This is uh, my S7 PLC course over at theautomationschool.com. And um, you can tell I didn't clean all, I, I didn't get so busy yesterday. I did not get to clean the office and set up to record those new lessons, but I have to record them. Besides the uh, PLC SIM, new PLC SIM lesson I'm going to record, I'm going to record a new lesson on how to get the trial. They kind of changed the procedure a little bit. It was a little frustrating when I went to get the uh, V18 trial. So I want to go through that process again. I want to show people how to find their local distributor. Um, I, this, this is just like I get a list of a half dozen things I want to do. Now, once those lessons are done and up, which I, which I hope to get a good start on that this week, um, the price is going to go to full price. It's going to go up to $199 from $149. Remember, you buy this course, you own it forever, and you get lifetime support, right? So in any case... Um, the other thing too is what I like to do is when I, if I do a level two and I'm, uh, you know, my, my plan for this year is to do the six Rockwell courses over again. Actually two of them are new, but four of them I already have. I want to redo them with my new curriculum. And then from there, I'm going to jump into HMIs in March. So we have a, a vendor who's working with us to do an HMI course. I'm going to use that as an opportunity to redo the lessons so I can redo all the HMIs. So not just Panelview Plus after that one. I want to do everything you see in the office. I even was reaching out to somebody who had said they had a work in uh, Panelview E enhanced. So I think I have 1200s. I don't think I have any enhanced lying around. I think I have some 1200s and 1400s, um, maybe just 1200s, the original 1200s. But um, hey, if you have the curriculum, why not do them all? So, and HMIs are so much fun, right? But in any case, that's our featured product of today over at the Automation School. That is the S7 PLC course covering the S7 1200 and 1500 specifically. From there, we go over to DigiKey. Now, I had high hopes for this article, how to design industrial control panels for space, efficiency, and safety. This is more of a junior article. So if it's somebody just getting into this uh, industry or, you know, a junior person on your staff or, you know, this is, it's a good article. It kind of explains what Panduit wire duct is and, you know, it, it goes through, um, you know, um, you know, the different types of uh, tie wraps, it goes through um, braiding, it goes through, uh, you know, uh, you know, like stakeons and all the different type of connectors, but it's really not something for us, right? It doesn't, there's no insights here in designing a panel. If you, if you only, you know, ever opened them and, and serviced them, but never designed one, it's not for that. But it does cover a lot of junior stuff that somebody brand new to the industry wouldn't know, like wire labeling and heat shrink and all that. So uh, good from that standpoint. From there, we go over to uh, this was being promoted by Pills on their uh, news page. I think some of this information, including the uh, the video, is, is, is was previously released, and we talked about it earlier. But I did want to share it anyways because if you're looking to get an evaluation of your machine safety, um, they actually offer that as a service. And even if you don't use Pills, I mean, they're one of the great names in the industry, right? But even if you don't use them, it really walks you through the thought processes and services they offer, so it could be helpful to you. And, uh, you know, I want to roll over to the chat and just say, um, um, 
to say hi to uh, Frank, who's in the chat. I hope you're having a great morning this morning. From there, we go over to an article from ISA. This was actually a, a very interesting article. It's entitled, How Capacity Matching Helps Manufacturers Optimize Production Processes. And, um, I, you know, I didn't know what this article was going to be about. I and mean, when I'm thinking about capacity matching, you know, like you have two different lines and you want to make sure that the, the, the line feeding line one, that's feeding line two, can keep up with line two, right? And it's probably no sense to build the stock if you don't have the process to process those pots, right? If you don't have the capability to process those pots back out of stock. But uh, this really got into some interesting territory, at least I thought so. They start, they start talking about uh, the bill of process, you know, describing how to make a product, which is different from a bill of materials. And then they got into a B-O-P-E-X. And this really ties in the PLM, which we talked about earlier. I didn't know Siemens had their own PLM. They actually do have their own PLM package. It's called uh, Team Center. But in any case, this actually goes through and starts talking about, and, and I hearken back to, and they even mentioned uh, S88 here. Um, it, it, what it seems to me like it really harkened back to the old S88 discussions about equipment arbitration, right? Where you may have a tank farm and you need the batch system to determine which tank to store the finished product in, you know? And, but this was more like a production line arbitration, if I could, if I could um, you know, I don't know if that's a good analogy, but it's, that's what it meant. That's what it sounded like to me. And so um, this, what they're talking about with BOPEX is the ability to not only know what the capability of a production line is, but even be able to take the parts that come off that line and send it to the next place to get finished or for the next, next part of the production process. And I just thought overall it was a very interesting article and uh, I think you guys will enjoy it. So I wanted to share it with you. From there, we go over to a fun article. This is also at the ISA's website, automation.com. And this is a case study, Fun in the Sun, courtesy of VFDs and resourceful maintenance staff, resourceful maintenance staff. So anyways, there's a picture of a, um, if you're not, if you're listening and not watching, uh, this is written by a guy who owns a, this is written by a guy who owns a, oh, it looks like I lost the chat. It, this is written by a guy who owns an RV park. And um, that RV park, he has, must have the best pool ever, okay? So he has a, not only a large pool, he has a large hot tub, he has all these slides, some of them may be water slides. And uh, he was installing a splash area and uh, he needed to put some VFDs in and do some PID control. And so I thought it was a very interesting, I mean, it's in the summer, but I thought it was a very interesting article written by the, the guy who now has, owns a, uh, you know, had done some controls in the past, but now owns a, an RV park. And he has pictures of the, of the splash control control system and uh, all that stuff. So I wanted to share that with you. From there, we go over to a video of the day. And we have another one of the excellent videos from the Opto 22 series. This one's on Groove Manage, Info and Help. And uh, from there, as far as new publications, we go over to Siemens. Siemens has a new manual on Numeric 1 MCP Part 1. So pretty beefy manual there. And uh, from there, we go over to, there's a new brochure on, uh, from Schneider on the APC Smart UPS Modular Ultra. Apparently, this is a brand new modular UPS from APC and Schneider. So uh, if you're interested, check that catalog out. And with that, if there's anything I forgot, if you saw a news article I missed, please use the news tip link to send it in. You can also send in your feedback. This is our 100th show. So if you want to let me know how I'm doing, 
and uh, maybe give me speaking lessons so I stop uh, being tongue-tied. <laughs> Please feel free to send that into using the news tip uh, page. But with that, um, I do want to thank our sponsor, theautomationschool.com. And uh, also want to remind, uh, thank everybody who has signed up over at uh, automation.locals.com. We're well over a thousand people over there. And I, I forget, I haven't looked in a while what the current, current uh, level is. So just thank you all for following me over there. Um, it's our community. If you want to post and ask questions, it's $2 a month. But it's just so much better than the old forums I had. It's this like kind of a walled community where we can just share stuff and talk and do Q&A and all that. So appreciate everybody who signed up. Also appreciate everybody who picked up some of my eBooks this weekend. Really appreciate you guys. Uh, my Control Logics eBook is $9.99 and my Compact Logics eGuide is $4.99. Also, I have video collections. I, I saw some of you guys picking those up too. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Um, also, thanks to everybody who picked up a coffee cup or a t shirt over at theautomationblog.com forward slash shop. And from there, just a reminder if this is the first time you're watching the show, um, every single link I cover in every single show, all 100 episodes, you'll find up at automate.news. Well, that's not true because I haven't posted today's links yet. I have to edit the, uh, after this live stream, which is going out to YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Once this is done, then I'll edit the uh, show and send it to the rest of the destinations. We go out to so many different places. And um, then I'll add all the links up here. And I add them in the order I covered them in. So yesterday, the first thing we covered was the new 12 megapixel 3D stereo camera. Hey, Frank. From Balif, thanks for sharing that and commenting on that over on uh, LinkedIn. Really appreciate that. And um, yeah, so you'll see them in the order here and they go all the way back to the first three months we did. They, they're just a single post and then I started doing individual posts. So in any case, that's automate.news. No www, no .com, just automate.news. Hey, shout out to Siemens for advertising at the automation blog. We're giving them the, we're putting the ads over here at automate.news as well. Uh, just to say thank you to them. So please, we can't ask you to click on our Google or YouTube ads, but we can ask you to click on our sponsors ads here at our website. So please, if you get a chance, check out their in-depth multi-layer security for ITOT operations as a way of just saying thanks to them for sponsoring theautomationblog.com. And with that, that'll do it for today. I hope you have an awesome Wednesday. I want to thank everybody who was in the chat for some reason, it logged me out. So I'm looking at a login screen over there. But I hope you're all having an awesome day. Be safe, be healthy. And until next time, my friends, peace.